Hey everyone, welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host and the founder of Miles to Memories. I'm joined once again this week by my co-host Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and Mark Osterman, MTM's managing editor. This week is going to be a crazy busy show. So much news dropped with product changes from City, Chase, American Express. They added bonus categories, temporary promotions, credits, all kinds of stuff, and we'll discuss all of that in detail. Plus, Las Vegas finally has the guidelines needed to reopen. What will Vegas look like when the doors swing back open and will it be any fun? Plus, we have some rapid fires and more for you. Stick around. But first, mtmpodcast.com is the place to go for links to subscribe on any podcast platform. Find out more about the hosts and more. mtmpodcast.com. And finally, we do have our Miles to Memories Patreon. A few slots have opened up. Patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories. $10 a month gets you diamond access. You get access to our private Facebook group, our private Discord, plus bonus content every single month. Patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories. There's only a few slots. It's very limited. So if you're interested, check Check it out. All right, we're going to get right into the show talking about credit cards because it's so busy. So let's hit it. All right, guys, it's been uh, quite a week with the banks and City Chase American Express dropped so much news on us and changes and everything else. So we have a lot to talk about this week. We're going to get right into it. Start talking about City and Chase. Mark, you want to do a little rundown on, on the changes that they made and some of the announcements and kind of we'll discuss what we think about them, ways to maximize them, stuff like that. Yeah. Before you start, Mark, so yeah. much action on Friday. That's like the most news that's happened in two months and it all happened within like two hours on Friday. More like crazy. three years. I don't think anything has ever happened like that where it all drops on the same day from multiple places. Like Imagine, imagine if plastic had stuck. It would have been quite a day, but it didn't. Happen. So anyway, yeah, sorry. Go I ahead, will, Mark. I will... <laughs> I woke up in the morning and I was like, is anybody else awake? Because there is a ton of stuff to get through today. Luckily, Danny was up. He's like, you're lucky I was. I got up early today. <laughs> Otherwise, we never got Good old reliable quick. Danny. <laughs> yeah. He's like, my wife was on a work phone call. She woke me up at 7 a.m., so you're lucky. I said, I'm going to send her a gift basket. <laughs> okay, getting into it. First up, Chase. They basically launched grocery spend bonuses on all most all the personal cards. All the annual fee cards, I believe. You can earn five times or three times, depending on the cards you have. Five times is basically all the super expensive cards, like the Sapphire Reserve, United Club Infinite card. You can earn five times on grocery spend, $1,500 per month for May and June. So it's capped, but it's a nice little perk and earning. The three-time cards are all the other like $95 annual fee cards, like the Sapphire Preferred, World of Hyatt, and stuff like that. So you'll earn three times on grocery for those, same cap, $1,500. For uh, the next couple months, those are those are pretty uh, good stuff, especially if you have like the World of High card where you're going for the 15k free night spend. You can basically like double dip on that somewhat. The reserve is a great one. It might encourage some people to hold it on longer, like Joe. <laughs> but that, along with the uh, freedom, having five times earning, a lot of a lot of bonus points out there for Chase. What do you guys think about it? I think that it's a great move. Um, obviously, they're only doing it for a couple months, so we have to see sort of how this plays out over time, but. It seems like everybody has a good option for grocery spend, and they probably are spending a little bit more. I think in, in this hobby, it's and you have a great post on the site, and it'll be in linked in the show notes about the grocery spend as we talk about all these different banks and what they've added, because the grocery category is sort of central to all of that. But so much opportunity for spend, and I guess it's interesting in your grocery post, you talk about you know the Sapphire Reserve on the surface kind of coming out on top with its five x earnings, but uh, there's a lot more to consider there, right? 
Yeah, because, I mean, if you just break it down basically over return, the Sapphire uh, Reserve was the best one. It brings you back like 9% on that spend, but it's capped. So you have to also consider like the Amex Surpass is giving you 12 times, which it, it brings you a little bit less of a return. But that also will go towards your 15K free night. So you should include that in as well as the points now work towards Lifetime Hilton diamond status so there's a lot of things to consider as well as don't forget like your current grocery spenders like if you're not hitting that amex gold for 25k a year there's no point in using your sapphire preferred at three times versus amex gold at four times i mean i know it's a limited time offer and that gets people excited but that four times is going to bring you more value than the the three time unless you greatly value chase over amex but also consider stuff you already have in your wallet to make sure that you're you're still getting the best spend uh, return on your spend out there. I thought it was a great point to just have people look at the overall picture when they're planning out their spend. I know some people have significant amounts of grocery spend and others don't have as much. So it's important to kind of look at what you're going to get from the spend, not just the the bonus points, but then also the bigger picture if you're working towards spend or status or free nights or uh, whatnot. So yeah, w- when it comes to these chase changes, Joe, what do you, what do you think? What are your, your thoughts on it? And does it change your view of the cards you have in your wallet, the chase cards? Yeah. I mean, I haven't finished processing everything yet. Like my head is like spinning. It's just as Mark was outlining right there. It's just like so much stuff to think about. Like, do I want to go for Hilton lifetime elite status? Probably not, but it's like on the table now. And so I've kind of got to parse all these things right now. I'm leaning towards just banging out the chased $1,500 first, just because the fact that it's capped ironically just makes it simpler uh, in my mind to process. Um, and I don't know you know, how excited Joe I am does like easy math. He does. Yes. It's got, got to go with easy. Math, I can, so. I can see mentally how that could be, you know, I just want to knock out as much as you can. And that can it's not even, a, yeah, some finish, some closure, right? Closure on the right. Deal. It's not even about math, right? Because like, it's like when you're embarking on like a long journey, you like break it up into steps and like the $1,500 step is like the easiest step. But then when you get into the no cap stuff, an Amex, like you kind of, it's one of those things where it could like never end. And I'm still balancing, you know, I'm not like dying to go into grocery stores right now. Like I will, but it's not at the top of my list of things to do. And for some of the gift cards that I like to buy at groceries, they're limited for how much I can buy. So like, I'm not going to make six trips to a grocery store um, just to do these things. Not yet, at least maybe in June or July, see how things are. Um, So, you know, there's just like a lot of factors to consider, which is why I'm kind of leaning towards banging out the chase ones first. Luckily, Mark, my Chase Sapphire Reserve annual fee isn't due till September, so I can play around with this until then. Uh, and I'll just, uh, you know, deal with not getting what? the Massachusetts prorated thing. <laughs> what I will say is if if people are like, if, if your Sapphire Reserve annual fee is coming up in the next month or like, like, let's say just posted and you're planning on quitting or downgrading it, canceling it, you can still hit this bonus, uh, hit the grocery spend bonus, and then you could still downgrade it to the preferred and get most of your annual feedback. So that's something to consider. It's not like a one or the other. You you can morph into doing both things. So I just wanted to point that out. Oh, yeah, that's pretty slick. That's a good way to like kind of do both. Yeah, nice. Yeah, because Chase is an Amex. They won't come and get you afterwards. So. <laughs> well, who knows? Well, not <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> not not yeah. yet, but yeah. But- all right, so let's let's pivot over to to City. They announced a few weeks ago. They kind of started this out. They they announced some changes to their their premier card. Although this week they uh, announced a few other things, including a travel credit for the Prestige and, and some credit for like the Advantage Executive card. Mark, why don't you go over the the things that City announced this week? 
Yeah, so first up, the one most people were excited about is the prestige for the travel credit. Since people aren't traveling, they allow you to use the $250. If you haven't used it yet, you can use it towards supermarkets and restaurants. So it'll be easy to, to spend that down. I know a lot of people hit it like day one, buy gift cards or whatever. So if you were lazy, it actually pays off for you today. The other thing is City extends uh, the spending period for all their credit card bonuses. Uh, pretty much the same thing that Chase and Amex has done. They've pushed it out so you get an extra three months uh, worth to do it. And that's if you open an account between December 1st, 2019 and May 31st, 2020. So they're actually giving you, you could sign up now and still get it. So that's kind of cool. And lastly, the City Advantage Executive Card. They are giving a $225 credit on your next renewal, basically because you can't use the lounges or anything. So the card's kind of worthless right now. Very similar to what American Express, which we'll talk about in a little bit, did with their platinum cards and stuff like that. So good news. I mean, City's always like the third wheel, so I know people were less excited about it. But if you have a prestige, I think that's pretty good on their part that they allow groceries and uh, restaurants for that spend. I think it comes down to the banks are really, especially with these premium cards, really worried about people canceling uh, because they're not getting any travel and so each bank seems to be approaching it a little bit differently. I think overall it's pretty good. What do you think, Joe, as far as as far as what City's doing compared to Chase? And do you feel like they're adding any value to their customers? I feel like for City, they feel the most kind of retain normal customer type retention. Or I guess all the banks are trying to just retain their customers normally, but City kind of their changes or their um, retention attempts are kind of least hackable so they're like least exciting to us but i was thinking about like my brother-in-law he's in charlotte so that's an aa hub so he has the executive card so he's going to be super excited about the 225 dollars credit i'm guessing he probably would not have canceled anyway because he has a job where he has to travel to like visit sites and stuff like that but maybe it would have been on the table maybe it's not worth the lounge access and stuff like that so it really feels like city is kind of like the most boring to us in terms of what they have to offer but you know i feel like all the banks are just just in triage mode they just don't want to lose customers and you know we said last week how the banks have like a ton of unpaid debt right now like you know people are racking up credit card bills and they're obviously going to worry that people are going to default on those credit card bills so they need to retain people who are going to like pay their credit card bills so i think that's what's going on and Agreed. Yeah, I, th I think anything that they can do to, to both stand out and to retain those customers, especially the high value customers, is uh, is good. And that's what we're going to continue to see. Like I said, Chase kind of only came out, especially with the grocery stuff for a couple months. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see even more promotions come, even more tweaks come as they get the data on what's working and what's not working. And then maybe even extensions to some of these promos. So I think it's a good time if you're really interested in credit cards. But like you said, Joe, it's a little overwhelming. There's so many changes. And I know a lot of us and a lot of people listening have a lot of these cards too. So we have to really decide uh, what we're going to do. And we'll talk a little bit later. We decided to split this up a little bit because American Express was probably the bank that announced the most changes and the most benefits. So we thought we'd break this kind of up in the middle and talk about City Chase first. And then we'll talk about American Express later and then digest all of this. Where you at though, Bank of America? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wells Fargo, come on, step it up. Yeah, uh, wave, that, wave that $95 annual fee, Bank of America. U.S. Bank, come on. Actually, <laughs> Bank of America did extend their, like if you're platinum preferred or whatever, they did extend that. Like you don't have to yeah. keep the 100K in there. So Yeah, and U.S. Bank did extend uh, welcome offers, I believe. I think they yeah, get it. It's more fun to make fun of them. So, the Bank yeah. of America, they didn't say a date, right? They just said, for now, we're not going to re-look at your account. And uh, 
That's what I think. Yeah. And it used to be for people listening once a year, depending on the amount of money you have in Bank of America or Merrill Lynch combined, you get different status with them and they reevaluate that once every 12 months based on when you qualified. So if you have a hundred thousand today, you get platinum honors for 12 months. And then in 12 months, they'll look and see if you still have a hundred thousand. And then they give you a couple months to kind of get back there if you want to keep it. But now they're just going to let people who have that status ride. And that's actually a great status because it gives you the you know, up to 2.875% back on the on the travel rewards and some other really cool benefits. But yeah, we're not talking about that. So yeah, hopefully is, the other... That's kind of that's cool though, because you don't really have to keep your money in there. Like yep. they're not checking every month. So you can put the money in, get the status, move your money to wherever you normally would have it, and then move it back when the status comes up again. That, I think it's a good strategy for people to look at. And we have stuff on the site about it. I have platinum honor status and I wrote about why I have it and how I was able to take advantage of some situations to get the money in there and then to keep it basically. So it's definitely something worth looking at if you can, if you can get it and hopefully these banks step up and, and give us some more. Anything else you guys have to say be, about city or chase before we, we move on to talk about uh, sin city? Nope. They both got blown away by American express. Though. Yeah. And we'll, we'll definitely get into that. <laughs> Later, for sure. All right, well, let's move on to Las Vegas because there's a lot of interest in Las Vegas, when it's going to reopen. And this week, we got some interesting pieces of news uh, about kind of the regulations around when it's going to reopen, probably some dates on when we're going to see them reopen, and then also some interesting things the city's trying to do to draw people or to draw events here. I guess we can start. The Nevada Gaming Control Board is the, the governmental body that oversees the casinos. And technically, they have ordered all the casinos closed, not the governor. So the governor put a stay-at-home order in, and then the basically the Gaming Control Board said that no casinos in the state were allowed to operate. And that's been the case since the middle of March. But this week, they came up with regulations to allow the casinos to start working towards reopening. And it starts with a plan that they have to write. They have to write a plan saying what they're going to do when they reopen. And there's a lot of requirements in there for cleaning and for additional staffing. But I think we should talk a little bit about what's going to happen to to Vegas as people know it. And I know that I don't know anybody who loves Vegas, the fun of Vegas, the craziness of Vegas more than Mark. So, I mean, Mark, (laughs) with... With social distancing and who, temperature who takes checks. advantage of it better, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you you love it and you experience it and you're well versed in what Vegas is. Yeah. Um, what What do you feel will Vegas will be like in the kind of in the short term in the next couple of months? I think it'll be super depressing, to be honest. Like it's just it takes all the fun out of it. You know, the buzz of Vegas or the fun of Vegas is the social interaction, meeting up with people that from around the country, or even like you make friends at tables while you're playing games and high-fiving and all that stuff. And with what likely it's going to look like, that stuff's gone. You know, it's it's a party atmosphere. It's drinking. It's it's doing all the stuff. It's, you know, just letting loose. And those are like all things you don't want to do in the middle of a, middle of a pandemic. So I think only like hardcore gamblers are going to go the people that want to sit at a table for 10 hours by themselves and just plow through money i don't i don't see why like and and the majority of people go to vegas you know for the dining atmosphere the the party atmosphere and that stuff's going to be away for at least six months six 12 months something like that i think there's a couple of things that are going to determine how successful vegas is in reopening the first is if the people come if the people don't come the restaurants aren't going to be quicker to reopen. The nightclubs aren't going to be quicker to reopen. We know those things aren't going to be widespread when the casinos reopen. So if people don't start coming, then it's going to be much slower for everything to open up. But yeah, I think that a lot of people aren't going to be interested in wearing masks in a casino, in forced social distancing. 
We don't really know what this is all going to look like. We have seen pictures of different casinos like that have these plastic guards in between them. Yeah, it looks like looks like you're going to a KFC in a not yeah. good area. <laughs> yeah, there's like and you have to put your money through like a little hole. Yeah, it, it it looks really really like unfun. It separates you from the dealer from the other players if you're sitting at a table. They did mandate how many down to how many people can sit at a table. Like for instance, a blackjack table is three people. A craps table you can only have six players. A roulette table four players. A poker table four players. They really have gotten down to limiting capacity uh, to about half, I would say. And that's the other thing about this is that overall, the casinos, when they reopen, which the soonest that they could possibly is May 15th, some casinos aren't going to reopen probably till June. But based on everything I'm hearing locally here and all the research I've done, we are moving towards these casinos reopening very soon. But when they do reopen, it's going to be 50% capacity. And I don't even necessarily think that's going to be an issue. Do you think that they're going to have a problem with crowds knocking down their doors? When they reopen, I don't think so. One thing about the fifty percent capacity thing, I've obviously been following stuff with Disney World and the theme parks and things like that. And I'm not sure you might have said this on the Disney Hacks podcast, which you guys should check that out. It comes out on Tuesdays. But anyway, the fifty percent capacity is from like what is the hundred percent capacity normally. It's not like fifty percent capacity from what like a normal day is. So like you know, on any given day, like a casino in Vegas might be already at fifty percent capacity. Like you're never in a casino which if it's not like a fight night or like March Madness yeah. or something and mm-hmm. it's like packed. So it's going to be interesting to see like what they use as their 50% capacity because conceivably they won't hit what 50% of maximum capacity is normally, but then that still might feel too crowded. We were also talking this a little bit. Um, we had Bethany Walsh from Bougie Miles on the observation deck and that's uh, releasing soon. We were talking about it and like we were thinking about things like how are you going to shoot craps? Like, do you have to disinfect the dye every time there's a new shooter? Like, do you have to drop the rocks into a tube that shoots at shoots it out onto the table? Like, you know, it just it just seems I know, like I know in Asia they like they wipe them down every time in between, like in yeah. chips they wipe down chips every time. Like, if you're playing blackjack, every time you put chips, the dealer wipes them down before he puts them in the tray. Like, that's just crazy. I don't even yeah. know how you you can get through a game. And I think that's why, you know, I saw this. I, I can't remember who tweeted this. It might have been The Better Life, one of uh, Travel Fanboy's friends. But it was something to the effect of, like, the degenerates are going to be there on day one. But, you know, it's going to take a long time for the general public to go because it's just such a diminished experience. I don't want to go to Vegas where I'm there to, like, blow off steam and have a good time and then be worrying about, like, what's getting sanitized, like, all the time. And Trevor brought up a good point on the observation deck, too. He's like, when people start drinking, like, all these social distancing things are going to go away. Most people are not going to go to Vegas and not drink, so it's going to be, um, except for Sean, of course. It's, so it's going to be really tough. I mean, he doesn't gamble either. What a guy, Sean. <laughs> I used well, how to do you like and drink, so it's okay. How do you drink a beer with a mask on? Like, what? Yeah. Well, it's, it's... Beer funnel mask. We need it. Like... <laughs> you, need a, you need a straw. <laughs> like... <laughs> the casinos are required to hire people to force guests to, according to the, to the, to the guidelines, hire people to force guests to socially distance. So on top of that, you're probably going to have a, a casino employee yelling at you every time you get too close to somebody or get too crazy. or So there's going to be a lot of interesting things to this. And I used to get yelled at a lot before there was rules. So. <laughs> yes, I can, <laughs> I can attest to that for sure. But yeah, and Joe, to your point, the, the 50% capacity, they actually did spell this out. It has to do with local fire codes. So it really is 50% of their full capacity, which right, as so you point out. It's super crowded, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it would have to be. And the one one interesting thing a lot of people don't know is Macau only closed for 15 days. And so in February, and they reopened up. Pretty much all the casinos there are opened up. Do you know in April what Macau's gaming revenue was compared to the year before? Uh, 10%? How, how far down do you think it was? I'm going to say 10%. It was down 97% from last oh. April. Holy so, cow. I thought they'd do better. The entirety of Macau, which is. Yeah, and this, their minimums Macau, are so high, though. Yeah. It's, it's, Screw you, Macau. Lower your minimums. <laughs> if you do, Joe's going to hop on a plane right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be there yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah, I got but, my math right. Yeah, they were down. So gross gaming revenue in Macau in April of 2020 was down 97% compared to April of 2019. And the total revenue was $95 million for Macau, which is the by far the largest gaming market in the world. People think Las Vegas Strip is. Actually, the Las Vegas Strip is the third largest gaming market in the world. I haven't seen the numbers in the last year, but the Singapore market with just two casinos actually does more revenue uh, in That's gaming insane. than the entire Las Vegas Strip. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Crazy. It's interesting to think. I don't think that the people are going to come rushing back to the casinos. I just feel like it's going to take some time, and that's probably a good thing because hopefully they can figure out how to make it somewhat safe, so we don't have any spread, we don't have any issues. Because people are going to come from all over the country to visit. I think. I mean, maybe not in great numbers, but you're going to get people from all over, and that's going to be a risk that you know that it spreads maybe a little bit easier than in some other places. But either way, Las Vegas is opening, and the people here are certainly ready for it. It's, it's a little. Uh, I guess scary. That's not the right word. I'm not scared. It's just, it's something that we're watching really closely. I think as locals and certainly people who love the gaming industry are watching it because these companies are under a lot of pressure. Mark, I'll ask you the same thing I asked Bethany, you know, what needs to be in place before you'll feel comfortable going back to Vegas or going back to a casino? Uh, I think it needs to be like to the point where I don't have to wear a mask. Wow. You guys really are besties. She said like the exact same thing. So, spoiler alert. Well, I know, I know we Bethany. Both, we both leave cupboards open too when we walk away. We found that out last week. So, oh, I crazy. do that too. Can I be? Can I be your bestie too? No, you like to wear masks, Joe. You can't wear masks. My, oh yeah, I do like to wear masks. My wife yells at me about the cupboards all the time. Oh yeah, my wife hates. But yeah, me. I mean, she said, "I'm not sure where I'm at yet. I haven't totally processed." But she's like, basically, there has to be a vaccine because she wants to be able to go and just not worry about anything. She bites uh, her nails after she touches chips. So. Yeah. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. 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 She needs a vaccine then. Yeah. She didn't mention that. Fun tidbit. So, yeah. And then, Sean, as a as a local, you know, what are you feeling about it? I mean, I'm sure you feel pressure and bad for, like, the local economy. So there's all that to factor in, too. I do feel bad. There's tons of people here who are suffering. Over 100,000 people have been either furloughed or laid off. Unfortunately, times like these are when the casinos kind of cut their fat, just like other businesses. We saw this in the Great Recession where lots of positions that, that were there before uh, didn't come back. The last couple of years, the gaming companies have been moving more towards automation, and I expect that to happen. I expect a lot of people to not get their jobs back, not only because there won't be people here in the short term, but because the companies are going to redo their businesses top to bottom, and it's going to be a, a pretty bad effect for people. We're going to have to refill our own beers, Joe, with uh, like coins and stuff. Well, I mean, I think you're going to see cost-cutting moves, too. We've covered on the site, and there's been news about companies moving towards only giving you free drinks based on your play. We've seen them install different things at bars and stuff like that. So I could see other cost-cutting measures like that go into place where you they limit free booze, limit the kind of freebies people get, cut back on All right, comps. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> so, I mean, but That's then how you on, justify losses. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, but I had like fifty dollars worth of beer, so it's all yeah. Right. I mean, it, and it didn't. If you look at after the Great Recession, when they added resort fees and eventually parking fees, maybe recently there was some backlash on them for being too high in fees, and that we saw occupancy dip a little bit last year. But overall, it hasn't hurt them to keep kind of increasing fees, cutting costs, stuff. So we will see. I know some people like uh, predicted that the the next fee is going to be a cleaning fee, which I totally could see them doing. I mean, who knows? This is Vegas. Fee or something. They have the bar, they have what, a mini bar removal fee. They have all kinds of crazy. Oh my fees. gosh! I just realized that is what now that airlines aren't going to be able to get away with their fuel surcharges. That's what they're going to do. It's going to be cleaning surcharges. Yep. Boo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's some, a discussion to be had about how this is going to you know ruin some of the things long term that we enjoy, like maybe getting something to drink on an airplane, which. It could be a while before we before you have that, or getting at least getting service on an airplane, or when you're flying business in first class, getting that kind of really great food and beverage service and all that. That's not happening right now, and so it'll be interesting to see all across hospitality, top to bottom, how this affects those types of little things, you know, those little experiences that we like. Anyway, I mean, yeah, Vegas is going to be reopening. I my guess is May fifteenth will be the first casinos. Um, that's been the announcement, and they have a week. They have to submit their plans to reopen a week before. So by May eighth, we should see those plans if they do plan on opening. Um, I know Treasure Island uh, with Phil Ruffin as the owner has said that they're going to reopen. MGM Grand or MGM Resorts has said that they're going to reopen probably Bellagio in New York, New York first. The other thing I wanted to kind of talk about at the end, we're running out of time, is Vegas may be the home of all the professional sports leagues that need to finish their season, like the NBA and the NHL, that's been a, a plan that they proposed. What do you guys think about that? Such a bad idea. You think so? Well, the reason why I think Vegas is a bad idea is because it's going to be too tempting for the players to like just go out and gamble. And that's going to expose them to some more things. Well, they're quarantined. They'll be quarantined and they'll be in the Mandalay Bay, which will be closed. So they won't have freedom of movement and stuff like that. They're going to agree to that yeah. in order to play. There's just like too much temptation to like break. You know, there was a video of this dude in Germany who's in a Bundesliga team, which is their top football division, soccer division. And he basically pulled a Rudy Gobert and was like running around, like breaking all the social distancing rules and they suspended him. So if the NBA is willing to do that, then they could probably lock it down. But I feel like a place like Disney World, although I think that will make Disney World open slower. So I'm not totally down for that is safer because there's going to be less temptation for the players to try to break whatever curfews they have. Maybe if they lock them down in Mandalay Bay, but keep the tables open, then everyone will be happy. <laughs> Maybe that'll work. <laughs> yeah. They just gotta yeah. do it. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard some various things about this. It does seem like it's going to happen in some form or the other. What's interesting. A lot of people don't know is the WNBA or WNBA team plays at Mandalay Bay. They have the, a, a huge convention center where they can set up a lot of courts and they don't need to necessarily have a big arena um, because you don't have any crowds, but also the T-Mobile arena is less than a mile away from there as well. But I think it really comes down to hotel rooms. The, the more that they can get everybody in one spot and they need a ton of hotel rooms for that. Mandalay Bay has almost 5,000, I think, between all the hotels that are kind of within those towers. So I don't know. It'd be interesting. Everybody, everybody's contract would be re- reworked to who gets the suites, like which players get the suites <laughs> from the so Like that would be the big fight. Like who gets yeah. the best rooms? Well, put all the players in. If they put them all in Delano, then then they'll all get sweets, right? Because they're all sweets. I don't know. Yeah. But it's kind of it's intriguing, and I I imagine that there's a lot of negotiation that has to go on between the the teams and the players and the city and everything else. So we 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 might expect to see, hear something soon because at some point they're going to have to go back to training soon and start playing again, uh, or else their timing is way off in going into their next season because they're gonna. My guess is they're going to want to try to get into that next season 
as quickly as possible so they don't lose that as well. It'll be interesting. Quick aside, all right, if you're star for sports, ESPN started showing the Korean Baseball League major leagues in Korea was on at 1 a.m. last night. I watched the first three innings just to watch live baseball, and I've never felt so alive in my entire <laughs> life. Re- it's not even the Japan League, so it's the Korean League. Well, the Korean League is the only, literally the only game in town, okay, because I think that Belarusian <laughs> soccer league is done now. So, Oh, really? They closed that down need- too? No, I think I think it's like, I think the season's ending. Oh, okay, so, I gotcha. If you need some live sports, Korean Baseball League and Korean Baseball, they have made bat flipping an art okay so go check out some korean nice. baseball league bat flip videos and so uh actually it was pretty good so carl ravage was doing the call from home so if you need some baseball and i bet in the states where it's legal you can gamble on it too uh it's going to be on espn and they replay it throughout the day so real life or you could just watch mr baseball with like tom uh what's his name tom Selleck. yeah tom Selleck. <laughs> i know it's not the korean yeah. league but no, there you go. This is, this the is good, live sports, man. The good <laughs> news is, though, you, with no live sports the last couple of months, this summer you may have basketball, hockey, and baseball all together all throughout the summer. If yeah, well, whatever sport out, so. comes back first, we'll get like a big uh, boon and rating. Like even I, I despise NHL. Like I'm, I know I get like murdered in Detroit for not liking hockey, but if hockey is the first one back, I'll watch it because it's sports. You know, like whoever gets there first is going to, to get a lot of viewership that they normally wouldn't get. And that's something that like, uh, the sports, uh, talk radio around here was talking about, like, even if the NFL goes out there without fans, they're saying they're going to lose a hundred million dollars if they don't have fans, like each team will lose a hundred million dollars in sales and revenue and stuff. But he's like, you'll pick up more in the long run because there's a lot of people that will be captivated by this or watch this because there's nothing else going on. So you know, that's why you still go forward with the season, even if there's no fans. Yeah, I mean, six million people watched The Last Dance, the Jordan documentary, which is excellent, by yes, the way. Yes, it is. Awesome. And so when sports are around, people are going to watch them. Perfect segue. Okay, next time you're up and there's a ton of news, Mark, and you're writing at 530 in the morning, that's when the Korean baseball league is on. So <laughs> Who should I look out for? Who's <laughs> Huh? Oh, you gotta you gotta look out for the NC Dinos. Okay, their mascot's name is Big Swole. <laughs> but that's do the they do K-pop at like uh, the seventh oh inning God. stretch and stuff or <laughs> what? I don't know. There's no fans right now, but that's that's truly a segue because let's talk about these MX changes. All right, that you were writing about at five thirty. You get free baseball with the new with your new platinum card. Free baseball. Oh, I, uh, yo! If I could get one of those. Oh, NC free streaming. There you go. You can stream Korean baseball with your Amex card. All right, let's, let's talk about the Amex changes. Well. Amex did a lot of stuff. They offered credits. They added uh, different things. They added different bonus categories. But I think most popular Amex cards are the Platinum cards. So let's talk about the Platinum card and what they they did. Um, I guess start with credits. This week, they sent out a lot of business Platinum card holders, $200 credit towards their annual fee. And they actually also sent out credits for other business cards too. So if you have an American Express business card. Yeah, I got a $75 one for my Delta Platinum, but it's like, that's the price it was before, so that's not very exciting. But yeah. Yeah, so they, they really are trying to target businesses in that way by giving them a little bit of money back. I know with the personal Platinum card, we just found out what their kind of make good is for that, and I think it's terrible. So why don't we start there? They, they're they giving personal Platinum card holders a $200 credit to be used towards Amex travel sometime between now and December 31st, 2021. Is that right? Just a one-time credit, though, $200. Yeah, yep. Which, it, it's a weird one because, like, what do you, what do you do? Like you, who's traveling right now? 
right? Like you have to use MX Travel, right? Yeah. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. And like I don't think it's actually hit yet. Like I like I was looking on my account and I didn't see it, but I feel like I'm gonna be eligible for it. So it's a little bit confusing, like as the news is still coming out. I was hoping you guys could clarify that all that stuff for me. I think it's just a new like Spoon a new credit. Games. When you Spoon. use American Express Travel sometime between now and uh, end of 2021 and you use your platinum card to pay, just like there are other travel credits, you'll get a $200 credit if you spend $200 or more. Which will be clawed back in six months. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then a year after it's given to you, they'll find a way to, to claw it back. No, <laughs> claw, yeah, they'll claw back after the year ends and you can't use it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, January 1st, 2022, it's coming back. No, I just feel like on the business side, they're giving businesses back some of the money that they paid towards the annual fee because they're not getting the benefit of that. And on the personal side, they're saying, no, we're, no, we're not going to do that. We'll, we'll just give you a credit to use our travel agency for travel that you're not doing right now. And yeah. to me, as somebody who has both cards and actually my annual fee just came up on the personal platinum, there's just, I don't, that doesn't give me an incentive to keep it. But there are other things that they did announce, so I guess we should be fair to them and, and talk about those. Now, do you find it weird that they didn't, uh, like the $200 credit, the airline incidental, which is already the toughest one to use in, in the industry. Do you find it weird with City and stuff coming out and allowing it to work for other stuff? Like even the Aspire works toward purchases that aren't, res- like for their resort credit, works towards what, restaurant purchases? Do you find it weird that they didn't do anything with that, with the Platinum? They just offered like more travel stuff? I don't. It's know. it's so strange, especially when they gave the businesses or they're giving businesses two hundred dollars back. I guess not all businesses, but some of them. So even within their own bank, they've decided to either give a rebate or, like you said, with the Aspire to make their credits more widely available. With this, they, you know, they seem to be. I don't know. I don't understand why they took a different approach here. But they I clearly view their business and personal platinum card holders differently. It's probably because they gave a whole bunch of more credits, which we'll get into for the streaming and all that yeah. stuff. So. so let's let's get into that. So on the platinum consumer card, you get up to $320 in statement credits on streaming and wireless telephone services directly from U.S. providers. And that's $20 per month each month from May through the end of the year, through December. And for the business platinum, you get $320 in statement credits on wireless telephone services, uh, so you just don't have the streaming portion of it. Same thing, $20 a month, May through December 2020. And then green, if you have a green card, a personal green card, not the business green card, uh, you get $80 in statement credits, basically $10 a month through the end of the year. I mean, this is actually, I mean, everybody's paying streaming. Everybody has a cell phone for the most part. So these are actual benefits, I guess, things that put money back in our pockets, right? Yeah, for sure. I, I Just give people 200 bucks and call it a day, but... <laughs> Yeah, they're hoping I mean, for I, breakage for through this like oh we're gonna give you 320 but a whole bunch of people will forget to set it up or whatever or won't max it out well it's typical amex right like but aside from the fact that it's super confusing or there's just like a lot of maybe it's only confusing for people like us who have all of these cards yeah um, <laughs> aside from the fact that it's confusing like i think what they're offering is uh really good stuff and you also on the business platinum card you get the 20 dollars per month on shipping so you don't get the streaming stuff but you get the shipping stuff so you can do that either at the post office or the ups store or fedex um you know i already know that you can buy stamps online like if, if you don't want to go inside the post office you can buy stamps online you'll have to pay a shipping fee and that'll trigger the credit and stuff like that so it's a lot of nice credits it's just i wish uh i didn't have to you know do uh multivariable calculus to figure out which ones i'm going to use or how i'm going to use them but <laughs> no, it'll be okay yeah i totally agree i think at least these credits are something that's fairly easy for us to use if we apply a little bit of uh, thought to it. But again, it's every single month, you're going to have to remember to go in there and use them. And 
as Mark said, the whole design auto of that man. is to auto, yeah. make sure you guys set up auto bill. Well, and I know that uh, PDX well, gave that, us a, a tip on T-Mobile. You can make $20 payments at a time, but you got to go in there manually. So there's oh, ways. Okay. That works for Verizon as well. Yeah, it's the problem. The reason why you can't do auto pay is because if you have, and you're say, missing two out on cards, the points, yeah. Yeah. You, no, but oh. if you have two, no, if you have two platinum cards, you want to use both of your $20 credits. What so kind of crazy to, person has two platinum show? Um, I don't know. What kind of crazy person has three? Oh, no comment. Yeah, Bougie. Nice. That's, not, that's right. Let's not go there, please. But hey, they're all on the up and up, Sean. Come on. Hey, I, I have two. I have a personal and a business, and my wife has a personal and business. But put some respect on my name, Sean. Come on. <laughs> Anything else? I mean, we have links to all of this stuff. Just so you know, there's so much information in this episode. So well, links big... to all this stuff in the in the show notes. But anything big, Mark? Go ahead. Yeah, the big the other thing was like uh, how Chase did the supermarket spend bonuses for most of their cards. Dealt or. American Express did it for theirs too. Like Delta, you earn four times at supermarkets. Marriott for Chase and for Amex is uh, six times at supermarkets, up to seventy five hundred for Amex. I think it's only five thousand for Chase through the end of July. I don't know why that's different, but and then uh, Surpass is twelve times, Aspire is twelve times at the grocery store, so that's a big one. And then the other big change was uh, the Aspire. People can use their two hundred and fifty dollars resort credit, including like use that re- U.S. restaurants, takeout, and delivery stuff like that. So that's a good a good move for that. Um, I wish I hadn't canceled my Aspire card now or downgraded it. Like all a month three of ago. us did. It. Yeah, all three of us did it. <laughs> like in the last what month, month and a half, Joe? When when did I did that because was... Mark told me to. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> that, that was a big. Uh, reason for it too because i was like oh i'm never gonna be able to use this resort credit you know but i kept 450 dollars in my pocket i'm still gonna have diamond next year because they're automatically extending uh status so joe when we get our 150k upgrade offers you'll be thanking me because you'd rather have that than a 250 dollars in groceries that that you already paid for with your annual fee so you're right you're right <laughs> the, up, the upgrade <laughs> offers will be nice when they come but that 12x hilton which comes for the aspire and the surpass that's at grocery stores that's pretty attractive i mean that's I know a lot of people are really yeah, interested, especially in that. on and the surpass with the 15k spend. Yep, um, the free night. Well, even with if you're going for diamond stats, because what is it now? Uh, what's the breakdown? Two million, two million points yeah. in ten years. You need to have so even if you get the two million, if you haven't had ten years of diamond status. Yeah, so that's well, one hundred sixty-six thousand, one hundred sixty-seven thousand yeah. dollars in grocery spend. Which some people do. I, I I'm writing up a post. It will come out tomorrow. Uh, which is Wednesday, so a day before this podcast. But why I'm not chasing is because you have to have 10 years of diamond. I think I'm at like three, maybe four. So that's a big... Uh, you have to factor in keeping the Aspire for another six years. Yeah, so that's, so that's a big thing. 450 times six. Actually, it probably will be more than 450 by the time we get there. Plus, if the Aspire even exists then. Does anybody else feel like this is like <laughs> a huge uh, trap. trap from American <laughs> Express? Like, oh, let's see who really goes uh, balls to the walls on this and racks up 12 times and then let's shut those people down like i just feel like that's the next hammer coming maybe i don't know i mean if you're interested in it miles per day does have a good post on just the math but even more funny is a reply to his post which was uh, i think the title of his post is how to ms your way to hilton diamond status and the reply was how to ms your way to an annex shutdown (laughs) exactly which to be fair vin uh Says King of shutdowns. Post, he says there's a very good chance you'll get shut down if you do this. But well, uh, even so, like you want to check it out. If you do it this way, don't you think Hilton can come back to you and say, you know, this wasn't earned legit or whatever? Like, I feel like one way or another, feel, it's not going to work out. I mean, yeah, 
I think it's too risky for me. And also, it, we're not talking. If this was high global status, I would be tempted because yes, you true. Know, mm-hmm. I have the Plus guaranteed four, times high four PM. <laughs> oh yeah, geez. But like, I'm guaranteed the four PM checkout. You know, sweet upgrades are like much more kind of consistent and stuff like that. But with Hilton Diamond, it just it just doesn't seem worth it to me. So, yeah, because I mean. Um, internationally diamond gets you a lot but uh in the u.s like gold to diamond it's not a huge difference i wish they offered a lifetime gold i don't think they do but if they did that'd be a a, you know more useful like the cost analysis of it is 450 times six years seven years eight years nine years ten years whatever it is that's a lot of money to invest and if hilton isn't your number one hotel brand like most of us use high at first hilton second how much are you really going to get out of it and do they change the goalposts or you know do they push them back further down the line there's no it's not like this is set in stone that these things are guaranteed for life that they're going to offer this so and it and if it is super useful to you i feel like you've probably already gotten a big chunk of the way there so maybe that's where it comes into play most people that have been staying at hilton's forever and are maybe like a hundred thousand point short of of hitting it they already have their 10 years or whatever 200,000 this gives them a nice way to push to it quicker but for somebody starting from scratch i just don't think it's a good idea i'm most tempted by the delta miles now that i think about it um you know i can yeah four times the solid i can use them pretty easily out of boston for economy flights to europe whenever i can go to europe again so you know that's probably what i'm leaning towards but like i said at the beginning it's gonna require a lot of thinking and uh I'm a little Probably mad at Delta right now. I don't want to deal with. Yeah, and drive ourselves nuts trying to figure at, all of this out. I'm mad at Delta because they, even though I canceled my flights, they sent me updates through the app that said, "Oh, your uh, flight, fl- your ticket for Paris is available," and then 12 hours later, your your ticket to Kiev is available now. And I'm like, "Oh, thanks. Rub that salt in deep." Oh, that reminds <laughs> me, I got to cancel my Jap- uh, my Japan flight for June 1st. It's not going to be any fun. All right, well, guys, anything to add on the American Express? Uh, I think I will add the link to, to Vin's article, too, in the show notes so people can check that out. It's good that we saw all this stuff. I think the, the number one takeaway is that Chase and Hyatt should add spend counting towards lifetime status so that those of us who don't get a lot of spend there can, can rack up lifetime globalist, right? So that should be the next That would be awesome. Thing. Yeah. All right, and let's get into the rapid fires. Mark, uh, you start us off with... You rounded up some bank bonuses, right? Actually, it was the uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Danny the Deal Guru that did ah. it. Uh, um, but yeah, we uh, he put together a list uh, of the seven best nationwide bank bonuses. There's some better ones that you can do locally, um, but these ones are available to to everybody. Uh, and if you if you hit them all, which you can, you'd get uh, over a couple thousand dollars worth of stuff, uh, free money basically, besides taxes, of course. Uh, and we're going to be updating that monthly. So each month he'll review it and go through and find whatever is the best at that time and republish it. So definitely want to book that market, bookmark it and come back to it. Uh, I know I hit the Discover one for 200 bucks times two. It was easy. It posted the next day. Wells Fargo, $400 is a big one. Chase for $600. So lots of good stuff. Be sure to check it out. Yeah, lots of great bonuses there. And I think it's a, it's a wonderful way to make a little bit of money during this uh, downtime for a lot of people. And the other second rapid fire we have is a great video that I found made by CNBC. Takes you through how they're parking planes all around the world. Great aerial footage that they've managed to kind of piece together from different sources. Plus, they talk to Airbus about the software they're using on how they're logistically parking the planes, what they're going to have to do to get these planes out of storage, why some airlines are flying twice as many planes as they need to just because they don't want to kind of mothball them. Really, really cool stuff. We'll put the link in the show notes for the video. Definitely worth checking out. And uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. Joe, when people aren't listening to this fine podcast, where should they find you on the interwebs? 
You can find me on tinyletter.com slash as a Joe flies. You can find me podcasting at saverosityobservationdeck.com. As I mentioned, we spoke to Bethany Walsh, Bougie Miles this week, and she had some nice Bethany. Osmo hacks. So uh, check that out. It's out the same day as this if you're a patron member. so For Vegas 2021. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, and uh, yeah, you can also check out my Disney podcast at disneydeciphered at gmail.com at as Joe flies all over social media. What about you, Mark? You can email me at marketmilestomemories.com, comment on any of the articles on the website, and I'll get back to you there. I'm in the Facebook groups all day, every day, or I'm on. I'm starting to actually do Twitter a little bit now. So on Twitter, at McCosty1038. How about you, Sean? You can find me at Sean Coomer LAS on Twitter. That's my personal Twitter. And then, of course, at Miles to Memories for the website. We have our Disney Hacks podcast at DisneyHacks.com. And our Miles to Memories Patreon has a few slots open as well. Patreon.com forward slash Miles to Memories if you're interested in that. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Bye. Stay safe, everyone. See ya. Vegas 2021. Bye. You're looking at the wrong stuff. Am I? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one that you linked in the show notes is it's not the right article. Don't worry, we're experts though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the city change is the it's a lot of stuff to be fair. Yeah, it is. Fair. It's oh, a lot yes. of freaking but stuff. Like even even Danny said he's like, you know, maybe I can actually finally like re- like read this stuff and and understand what happened cuz you know, we're just banging out posts. We're not really paying attention to what it says as much because we haven't had time to break it down when you're when you're mad blitzing something like that. You're Macosti or Macosti at Mac. Oh, I'll mess that up. <laughs> Sean? He muted himself. <laughs> you gotta push a little microphone, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 